0: Secrets of the Sire. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, streaming live on YouTube.com. Slash secrets of the sire, Facebook.com slash secrets of the sire, and twitch.tv slash secrets of the sire. Or you can go to secrets of the sire.com or siredigital.com and choose your platform. Tonight we are reviewing the King, Godzilla King of Monsters. Is it must see or wait for cable? Uh, we discuss uh-huh. the newest installment. We also get to talk with t-w-l-o-h-a founder that is to write love on her arms founder jamie Tworkowski on the eve of mental health comedy tour and holy twilight we've got a new batman robert pattinson taking (laughs) on the cape and cowl as always i'm your host michael dolce joined by my co-host mr hassan godwin how you doing sir
1: uh it's wednesday
0: it is i know it's it's not that good.
1: It's a. It's Wednesday is like the neutral day. It's not good and it's not evil.
0: It really creeped up, actually. Really, this whole week has just has just crept up on me. I have it no did. idea why. It Maybe did. it was the looming-ness. I don't know. See, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to segue into Godzilla. I got nothing. My neighborhood's
1: always already a war zone with. Uh, uh, the fireworks thing, I mean, like you, you these guys got it there. I guess they're practicing for 30 days from now or from, from yesterday.
0: Oh, okay. But you don't, I don't, don't know, you know.
1: We broke out in New
0: York city and yeah. uh, we've got a parade coming
1: They're Well, they're planning to do something pretty spectacular. Apparently I'm not even talking about the parade. I'm talking about the local neighborhood kids. Oh, <laughs> they're planning to do something pretty spectacular.
0: Apparently, because oh, in, a mean, month, in a month from now I'm getting a new co-host. Is what you're saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty now.
1: sure this my building will not be here anymore when it's uh, when the, the whole thing is over. Because right, well, it it's, it literally sounds like D-Day.
2: We, 90% we, will, of the
0: time. we will we will uh, fix your studio setup. Uh, in a <laughs> hopefully, yeah, okay. you'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, it, at least you didn't get attacked by uh, a 60 foot monster. I mean, there's there's always that, right?
1: <sighs> it would have been something. More interesting than to kill a couple of minutes talking about fireworks, though. <laughs> so,
0: Godzilla, you know. King of Monsters,
1: always something to be. Uh, it's always a silver lining. Yeah, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. It's
0: Man. it did not Long do great at the, the box game. office.
1: No, it, it did not.
0: It didn't do bad though. It just it fell under exce- you know expectations. It, I it know, but according,
1: according to everybody who supposed that they had experts in these things, yeah. Death knell of the whole franchise now, and the, and the problem is apparently they both they simultaneously filmed, um, God, Godzilla versus King Kong or King Kong versus Godzilla. So however.
0: That's actually going to be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, they're, they're now everyone's you know, now everybody's pretty much uh you know predicting that that'll go straight to streaming or something like that because of how really? horrible Godzilla is doing on the you know. <sighs> I really think, to be honest with you, and I include us in this observation, Michael, okay, I don't think anybody knows what the heck they're talking about ever. <laughs> no, you no, know? uh, just to build-up to the Captain Marvel thing, and how everyone was like Captain Marvel was going to tank to be uh, the MCU's first, first tanking, and then like, as sure, we, sure, sure. Either, either they were dead wrong about that, or you know, people at, in the backlash to that decided to make Captain Marvel a billion dollar movie right um, no one really knows what they're talking about right if you can if you can influence people to that extent with negative uh, with negative coverage of a, of a pending movie then what do we and I and I exist to, to, to kind of to frustrate you when I ask these questions <laughs> about our show, but what are we doing this for? If if you know, we're supposed to be like reacting to to stuff. We're we're not really in the speculation business, you know. So I mean, we should just be ta- Everybody should just be talking about Godzilla and not about Godzilla versus King Kong. That's a year away, and anything can happen in a year, right?
0: No, yeah. There's definitely there's definitely that. Um, I also think that. I think it's almost impossible for people to separate the meta qualities of this now. I mean, you have to almost consider the future of the franchise as you're watching a movie, if the movie itself is not compelling enough in and of itself to warrant anything further than that. You know what I mean? Like, Like, so here, so full disclosure. I'm not a huge Godzilla guy. I I enjoy it. I enjoy the campiness of the old movies, but I was never a big monsters guy. Even King Kong, like, you know, I remember watching Peter Jackson's version of it and I thought it was scary as hell. (laughs) I hate it when they got eaten by the bugs. That was, that's just, that's my own personal fright. But.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think there's too many people. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, no, that there's, be, there's like some people that, think that they dig, they dig horror, man. They, they they dig all that stuff. Like, oh, not,
1: I mean, yeah. I'm just talking about like, okay, but I'm just talking about getting eaten by bugs. I don't know if I don't know if you're unique in no, that. Movie. I agree. It's a nightmare. I agree. <laughs> uh,
0: so I I kind of went into this. I would not have seen this movie if we were not going to review it. I, I mean, hands down, I would have. I enjoyed myself, but I did walk out of there. Again, in a, in a mostly empty theater at this point, too. Uh, and now, again, it didn't do horrible, horrible. It still captured number one. kind of. You know, We mentioned that it captured number one at the box. So it just didn't do what, the, what it expected to do. Um, however, this article from Film School Rejects says, Godzilla King of Monsters not only sold fewer than half as many tickets as its 2014 precursor, it also had a worse opening than the 1998 Godzilla. Uh, so I guess, it, you wow. know, adjusting for inflation, it was, it was a big disappointment. Yeah. You know, when you are going to I use... know
1: I kinda know why. We'll get into that. Well why?
0: Long. Why? We don't why? have to wait. It's um I thought the I thought the marketing for this was really good. And I thought the buzz around the movie was really good too. So I'm actually I'm kinda surprised by But,
1: but like Kaiju goodness. movies don't seem to do very well. Like the Pacific Rim is a perfectly mm-hmm. serviceable movie conceptually. Yeah. When you see the when you see the promo ads and everything for it, you're like, oh yeah, you know. I don't know why this doesn't. If Transformers explodes like that, you know, yeah. and and be, I mean, of you know, Chris Bumblebee didn't do as well as they had hoped either. Sure, but if Transformers, if the other Bay Transformers movies were monsters, and and to be fair, the last Bay Transformers movie underperformed, which is why they re they rebooted it. So it might just be that we're past the giant. Spectacle, you know the giant robot spectacle. But you yeah. would think that during the during the reign of those uh, Bay movies, uh, Pacific Rim would have been an easy, you know, would have been able to slide in that market very easily. Yeah. For some reason, nobody cared about monsters coming out of the ocean. And people getting in big robots and fighting them. Now that is up oh, my alley. That is, absolute, <laughs> well, that is absolutely I, exactly where so I wish every movie would go. I wish I wish romance comedies <laughs> would turn into giant
0: monster movies. Giant monsters coming out of the ice. Yeah, Meg Ryan,
1: you know, <laughs> running around in a giant robot to beat the crap out of some monster. That would yeah. be that would be my idea of like, you know, sleepless in Seattle with a lot of monsters. You Here, know? Here's, That's,
0: the, here's the problem, right? Okay, well, that is awesome. <laughs> here's, here's, here's the funny thing about this movie, right? And here's, I think, what the ultimate problem was. The ultimate problem was, just like you said, I don't, think nobody, I don't think anybody cares enough now. I mean, a giant monster coming out of the ocean to crush people, unfortunately, we've seen it now. We've seen the special effects. I got to be honest, though. I was blown away by the CGI in this movie. I actually Listen, really, the, I, I actually <laughs> enjoyed myself. I really enjoyed, like, I kind of enjoyed ourselves.
1: The ability to see Ghidorah, or Ghidra, it depends on how you pronounce yeah. it. I mean, the the, the, the the hardcore fans will will try to hang you for pronouncing that incorrectly. But the the ability to see Gh- Ghidorah finally, yeah, sorry Japan, but finally with actual purpose, mm-hmm. those three heads instead of just a, a you know a, a rubber suit with a head pushed around, which is awesome. Excuse me, I you know yeah. that's the whole reason we love those movies. Um, and Rodan. Mm-hmm. And Mothra, Mothra looks fantastic. I mean, yeah. they really did a lot of they 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 used a lot of the their power to yeah. really uh, bring forward the majesticness of a creature of a giant butterfly, you uh-huh. know, what that looked like. Um, and Godzilla, of course, everybody said he was kind of a little chubby. Looks like maybe a little Jenny Craig for Godzilla. It was cute. It was cute. But it was it was fine. I mean, Godzilla was appropriately was awesome. Whenever he showed up, you were like, "All right, yeah, he's yeah. about to step on somebody, and it's gonna be, yeah. you know, it's gonna be awesome." That's um, that's really not not the issue. It's the, the beauty of it. I think. And I I I don't know. We we're again we're we're heading into speculation territory about why it's not doing as well. The simple answer to that is just that you know it's not the market is not open for it.
0: it well, no, no, but it's not that. I think it really comes down to we've seen all this stuff before. There's not enough. Uh, well,
1: we've seen superhero a, movies before. No, no, no hang on, hang America. on. There's
0: not enough of a cult love for these additional on-screen monsters, which is what you kind of mentioned. You know, Godzilla versus Rodan, Mothra, and. Uh, King Ghidorah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to bother trying to pronounce that. Ghidra. Ghidra? Yeah, Ghidra. I don't even, I, I know who Mothra is just because I've, I've heard the name before, but even someone such as myself who peripherally knows this, it's like hockey. This is like hockey in, in the sports, to give it a sports analogy, right? Like I know of hockey. I root for the Rangers because my sister's a big Ranger fan. But there are just people who are diehard Ranger fans or diehard hockey fans. I'm looking at you, Joel Mulvey. You know, but hockey is always going to be that fourth rung to the basketball, football, and baseball. It's just never going to be, you know, that big thing now. There are exceptions to this. Last year, in the hockey world, there was a Cinderella story. A new team opened up in Las Vegas. Las Vegas had never had a hockey team. And these guys in their first year were about to do something they never had done before, which is an expansion team winning the Stanley Cup in its first year, never happened. It was a big story, and it drove ratings up. Uh, in '94, the Rangers hadn't won a Stanley Cup in 54 years. In baseball, in 2016, the Cubs hadn't won a World Series in God knows how long. You know, the Red Sox. You know, when you when you when you present something on top of just you know, here's a baseball game, here's a hockey game, you're bound to get more of an audience and so what i'm driving at is the villains that he was facing in this movie while appealing to any diehard godzilla fan is not enough for me to be like well i gotta go see this now i'll tell you what i will go see and be kind of excited about godzilla vs. king kong which is next year and spoiler alert obviously but that's not really a spoiler alert because the movie has literally been announced and released uh, Announced, you know the the announcement has already been made and like you said they, they filmed it concurrently I am excited about that because that's something I haven't seen. That's like giving me an extra storyline. Oh, Godzilla vs. King Kong. I wonder how they're gonna do that. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie too, to it to the point where I'm like, no, oh, they won't mess that up. It'll be a good movie. So right. I, I just think that's what it is. I think it's I think monsters are you know, it's the same thing. What did they try to do? They tried to create the monster verse with the Frankenstein and Dracula and, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I mean
1: Shared universes are not. I mean, look, it is a unique, it is a unique niche that people have not been able to duplicate. You know, I don't even think MCU EU would be able to be the MCU the MCU, excuse me, yeah. today. Yeah. You know? they, 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 they. It's a market that they invented and they dominate, and they yeah. dominate with a lot of quality and a lot of intelligence.
0: But also, think about it. They don't give us. I mean, they do give us an Iron Man movie every year, but they actually stopped giving us Iron Man movies. You know, they stopped giving us uh, traditional Thor movies. Even
1: well, that's movie why the MCU people one. people keep wondering why the MCU pro- uh, product is so viable. So then, it's they, because because they have the an game entire game, right? they have an entire universe to pick from. And every time people get tired of Spider Man, they could just jump to Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Or they could jump to Thor. Or they could. I mean, in in the first few uh, phases. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, hopefully they'll be able to capture the same imagination of the people with the with Phase Four. Right. We don't know. We, we honestly don't right. know. And you know, there's already petitions and stuff to bring Tony Stark back as,
0: as intelligent as those positions. petitions. I'm sick of petitions.
1: So am I. So so am I. We're we're in dangerous uh, territory because we agree. Um, <laughs> it's bad for the. Show. But it, yeah, it's really bad for the show. It's bad for both of us. It's bad for everything. But uh, they they have such a, a pool. Of, of resources yeah. to pull from if you're going to try to do like you know like sony tried to do a shared universe with just spider-man mm-hmm. you can only pick from spider-man's villains you can only make spider-man yeah. villain movies because you know you don't have that that's not a huge resource of uh, of material to pull from not to pull a universe you can do a yeah. series out of it but you can't do a shared universe out of it yeah so DC would be the only ones in any kind of shape to, to compete with that. And, of course, DC is they, – they they don't believe in designing – they don't believe in building foundations for their houses before they start putting up uh, the walls.
0: Right.
1: You know, every time the slightest gust of wind will knock yeah. their, their little universe over. And it's, it's too bad. It really is too bad. It's I mean, we had a sh- MCU had a shaky start with the, the Hulk movie. Well. And, you know. Yeah. It, it didn't – it wasn't it, – it, it wasn't set in stone. It
0: wasn't perfect.
1: It wasn't meant to be. It really, they really had to work and prove themselves. It's not like everybody was
0: inventing something too. I mean, that's the thing. Anytime you're inventing something. Yeah.
1: I mean, I I say that all the time about like uh, content when we try to provide content. Yeah. I say like, you know, wow, man, back in the seventies, I mean, knowing what we know now,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. the, 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 the the entire, all the territory is fertile, you know, it's, it's all, you know, virgin territory. And nowadays, man, there's so much content. We can't even watch TV shows. No. There's too many TV shows to watch. I mean, we are oversaturated with entertainment.
0: You know, it's a natural cycle. I mean, conventions are going through this now, you know, where Comic-Cons were a huge thing, uh, you know, 10 years ago, where you know even five years ago where it kind of peaked. And now there's a convention every weekend in every single town using the Comic-Con name, not as a brand, but as a name trying to ape off the brand. To where people are kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't need to go to this one. I, I mean, there's a definitive reason, you know, exhibitors are losing money because it, it, it's a cycle. It's it's look at all, look at what we can do, look at the money we can make. Let's all try to do this. Let's all try to copy what they're doing, uh, but it all comes down to the inspiration of let's try to make the money off of this versus let's make something authentic and and unique that will also make money. You know, I think there's I think oh, definitely
1: with uh, with the conventions there is a. Uh, seen one seen them all kind of
0: yeah.
1: you know attitude at but this is that,
0: point. is that a good i mean it's actually a funny way to mention that is that kind of what godzilla king of the monsters is is it i've seen one i've seen it all i thought i thought it offered a lot of cool things a lot of cool visuals i'm really glad i started it in the theater i don't think i would have enjoyed it as much if it's if i'm sitting at home i do a nice size no, nice tv at home but there was something about this movie in a th- sitting in a theater i thought was great
1: I will say that honestly, the the appeal to this would just be to see high end quality versions of these creatures, because we've seen Godzilla. We had seen Godzilla, a CG Godzilla, but we've seen two of them, and one of them yeah. was abysmal, you know, from the from the uh, Roland Emmerich uh, Godzilla from the mid nineties, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but we and we we'd seen the Gareth Edwards uh, CG Godzilla in twenty fourteen, which actually. You know, uh, you know, a lot of people applauded it. It it it, it honestly did well. People appreciated it. Mm-hmm. it wasn't a uh, It wasn't a bastardization. Oh my god, I couldn't say that word. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. a bastardization of the Godzilla franchise. It was honestly, it was it honestly felt authentically Godzilla. Um, so I could say that the, if there was any kind of a marketing appeal, if you were going to ask me in an elevator pitch, what's the marketing appeal of this one? It's to do the same thing for Ghidorah and Mothra and Rodan that we did for Godzilla in twenty fourteen. We yeah. will fully realize them um, in in as, you know, hyper realistic life as humanly possible with uh, the you know, with the availability of today's technology. And, and that would be it, you know, to see yeah. these creatures come to life like that. And as you say, even as a you know as a casual fan, mm-hmm. it was gorgeous. You oh, know yeah. uh, footage to 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 watch all this stuff, and that that is not the complaint I would have about this movie. I think the complaint i think when I walked out of that film, I thought it was an in, an incredibly intelligent script, an incredibly intelligent um, uh premise yeah worked out in intricately built world building um, really really thought provoking and then I, I in my mind, a studio producer came along and took a red pen to all of it and dumbed <laughs> down all the dialogue and made everything as humanly as as incredibly stupid as possible. There was a lot of expository mm-hmm. dialogue mm-hmm. where you you know where clearly they were on a mission to go do something, and then you know at least two or three people would would again reiterate what they're on the mission to do. You know, yeah. like oh, we're gonna go catch Godzilla. We are gonna go wake up in this really bad either. Over Americanized parlance, mm-hmm. or this, or this ghetto American parlance, when the, when the, when the diverse soldiers would start speaking and they'd speak in this, <laughs> you know, in this street patois for some reason, like yeah, we gonna go wake up, you know, Godzilla, we gonna go, I'm like oh my god. Nice to see
0: Ice Cube doing well though. Yeah. Well, Ice Cube's son. I know. I know. He looks. Too- <laughs> he looks-
1: he doesn't look just like him. In fact, my friend, uh, the friend I saw the movie with uh, last night, he told me that was Ice Cube's son. I was like, I didn't even know that was. No, ice okay.
0: Stuff. All right, all right, all right. I, let, me, let me not. Let me not offend. You know, seven. <laughs> out of yeah, man. Yeah, don't
1: don't be the white guy that says he every all the black guy's like
0: him. He, <laughs> he, <resembles> does. him. <laughs> he
1: does. When that's so? When nice. I was told that that was his son, I was like, oh, I see it.
0: You see you it. Know, right. see I, it right that's away. my point. I, you yeah. see it. Like that is essentially Ice Cube. Like it's just you could just see it. So uh, yes, that was
1: N.W.A. Ice Cube. Oh yeah, started.
0: I mean that was. I, there's a reason they asked him to play his own father in that. You know? <laughs> also, I see. Like uh, I see Tywin Lannister dropping on his. Uh, you know, landing on his. Yeah, he was. There. I
1: mean, and, and it's it's kind of the same situation with uh, with Christopher Lee in Attack of the Clones.
0: Yeah. You know, everybody
1: else is kind of stumbling and struggling over this this ham handed dialogue and. Charles Dance just kind of Shakespeare's his way through it. Like yes. everything he says, you, you, you 100% believe immediately. Everything everybody else says, like, when wow, this guy's acting, you know, this is yeah. not. Can I
0: ask you a question? And, and again, my, my enthusiasm level for this subject is, is evident when I ask you this question, because I haven't really, you know, fawned over the research. I didn't see the 2014 Godzilla, but for some reason I'm, I'm reading back and it seems this family wasn't in this. wasn't in twenty fourteen. Kyle Chandler and everybody. That, this no, is also,
1: they were not. This is a they new were family.
0: not right. Yes. And I read that and I thought to myself, I was actually, I was more confused by reading about it after the fact that they would essentially. I thought this was a continuation story of this family, and they had it's lost a continuation of Godzilla in this family in twenty fourteen, but instead. I kind of like the boldness of doing that but then after reading that I'm kind of like oh I really thought I was watching a part 2 and you are kind of watching a part 2 but it's a Ken
1: yeah. Watanabe and uh, what's her name? Right.
0: Uh the Sally F- uh, what's her Sally Hawkins.
1: Yes, yeah, Sally <laughs> Hawkins. Spoiler alert. The Fish Lady. Um they were in uh, the the 2014 version.
0: Right. To the me, general
1: so, was in the twenty-four. There
0: are there are very there are characters well, who. Well, ran. that's the thing that's so that's so funny about this, right? Like. But look, the
1: the, the mother was the Scarlet Witch. She's busy, apparently. She's not going right. to be in Godzilla. Right. Uh, what's her name? Elizabeth uh, Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. Yep. And uh, you know, kick-ass. I don't know what he's doing, but.
0: Um, <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't he's know just, what he's doing right now, but he's he,
0: just. Uh, He's banging his older wife, really. He's married to, like, uh, I forget who, which actress he's married to. I'll look this up really quickly. We don't need uh,
1: to know who he's banging,
0: really. Well, but this is, again, I think this is what it comes down to. This is the inherent problem of it, right? Uh, There's I'm, nothing to I'm actually more curious to know who, who, oh, who Aaron is. Uh, that's your review.
1: You'd rather look up who he's married to. I'd banging. rather
0: look up who he's married to. The star to.
1: of the 2014 version was ba- is banging right now than to talk about the 2019 version of the you know, iteration of the movie. I understand. That's yeah. well, you're you I I see you're putting your bit in for this being underwhelming apparently.
0: It, but it was fun. Like I enjoyed it. At the same time, I'm not <sighs> it, it's a it's a made for cable for me story that i'm glad i saw in the theaters, just because it it you know the cgi was so incredible um you know uh, yeah sam <laughs> taylor johnson so sam john uh, who no that's that is, the wife is sam uh, million little pieces director and i'll get a full name for her i feel uh, like she was oh somebody sam yeah. taylor yeah, Sam Taylor Johnson. Uh, okay, go. so now we know who he's going I don't know why we all
1: spend time Frank on Sam that. But, okay. Yeah, no,
0: I, again, I just, I don't know. There was just something it about right. it. It was, it was fine, right? Is that maybe the death knell of it?
1: I was, I look, I, as a fan of those movies, I thoroughly enjoyed seeing those creatures brought to life. Yeah. I enjoyed the world building. I enjoyed Marnock. Um, you know, the, the, the invention of this, you mm-hmm. know, this monster monitoring uh, the organization, this, this kind, yeah, of, I
0: like the kind aspect of much too. maligned
1: mm-hmm. uh, uh, government organization that's always on the verge of being shut down, even though it's quite obvious that the, the world is full of monsters and you maybe should have a government organization <laughs> monitoring them. I don't know why they're always in danger of being defunded. But, you know, that's, that's just what stories, uh, that's the strange uh, tension that stories like to try to build. Yeah, it doesn't. It. Uh, I I appreciate that. I appreciate the underwater slush ways where Godzilla uses. That's how he disappears.
0: Yeah, you know? I like bringing and in in when the they went, theory. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah,
1: when they went into the into them, they found out that it was a world. Yeah. that had been buried. You know, so, you know, thousands of years ago. Yeah, the worship. You know, and I like that. You know, according to people, I've seen a lot of people say that. You know, as soon as we found out where Godzilla lives, we blew up his apartment. You know, just to wake <laughs> him up. We, you know, he'll go all the Godzilla's possessions for the last thousand years are earned. that's right all scattered all over the ocean now. He's that's that's what that the that's next movie is going to do, be about. True. Him trying to trying to get his uh, flat screen back while uh, King Kong tries to step on him. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I appreciate a lot of the stuff. I thought that, like I said, it was if they had left it alone and yeah. stopped tinkering with it. Yeah seems like it was the victim of tinkering if yeah. they left the script alone and stopped tinkering with it it would have been a really really an almost too intelligent script for a godzilla movie yeah there was a lot of a lot of really good layering in there a lot of great um ideas that, that they were fleshing have, out
0: that would have helped with word of mouth that would have helped with well, I mean, marketing-wise, technology. I'm not here to discuss
1: whether why it's yeah. not doing well in the market. I have no idea. I mean, people, like you say, no, but I,
0: I know. But I'm just saying, I'm not like, interested. If I walked away from that, being wowed by the by a more intelligent script that had something more to say, that had some sort of more relevance to where now all of a sudden as a casual Maybe. fan of monsters i'm more interested in this world they're creating i think absolutely i think i think yeah, you would have seen something you can't something.
1: say that because there's a ton of movies that we've said that about that this is a really great movie is really a brilliant script this is yeah. really and then you know they still they still tank at the box office yeah. you know what's going to capture the zeitgeist you know yeah. you never know what's what, what people are going to gravitate to
0: my prediction dark phoenix is going to do gangbusters i have this feeling which which now I've invariably given it the death wish <laughs> given it the death Well now.
1: it's definitely going to do better than Godzilla so it's going to have a better showing Yeah on Friday than Godzilla did because the last movie the last blockbuster tentpole movie that came out tanked or yeah. you know underperformed it yeah. didn't tank, it underperformed and so so did Shazam so did uh, so did a couple of other movies I mean the big the big winner after Endgame Yeah has been, well, of course, John Wick, but also Aladdin, which everybody was making fun of. You know, everybody was like, this is yeah. Smith's swan song, and it comes out of the gate, and it just, like, stomps the box office. Yeah. So, and I mean, the reviewers are like, wait a minute, this is actually really good, and then word of mouth spread on that, and it was yeah. also a family-friendly movie, so, you know, everybody finds out that it's an okay movie to take your kids to, and they come yeah. running. So you, I mean, no matter what... If if Dark Phoenix does better than Godzilla, it's gonna be a positive spin. You know, mm-hmm. the, the entire media is gonna turn around and put a positive spin on it. Along with the fact that once it's over once it's performed better than expected, um, it's gonna make a lot of people kinda of wanna shift track on it immediately so that they weren't they aren't on the wrong side of history since sure. they spent the last two years almost bad-mouthing it, right? Yeah. Um and it's been, a, it's been a, a week, it's been a month of, like, kind of weird conclusions. People being, people being um, what would you call it? People being unsure or uneasy or, 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 you know, underwhelmed by these conclusions of things. The Game yeah. of Thrones conclusion, in, in some respect, the endgame conclusion. Um, the,
0: you, think, you think that's it? Are, are people just still mourning after endgame? No, I'm saying that landings are hard to stick, you know? I think, I mean, I think there's something are... to it, though. I think there's something to, something to being so hyper-revved up for something like Endgame that when it's over, you're kind of like, all right. I mean, I was actually just thinking about 2020. Like, what do we have to look forward to? Like, uh,
1: yeah, but that's why you shouldn't do that.
0: I, uh, yeah. I mean, I... look,
1: it hasn't, hasn't Snoke taught you anything <laughs> sitting there wondering who the heck Snoke is for two years just to have Ryan Johnson cut him in half right in front of you. Like he cut your he cut the two years you spent trying to figure out who he is in half Never.
0: right Never. before your eyes. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah, be, okay. Alrighty. All, right. all right. When we come back, uh, we're actually going to cut to a pre-recorded interview I did with Jamie Torkowski. Uh, he is of the To write Love on Her Arms Foundation, it's all about mental illness. It's really important. It's a really great cause. Please check it out. I did it live at Comic Strip Live in New York City, which is very iconic. I'm going to cut together. I have tons of really great shots from there as well, too. Uh, But the message is extremely, extremely important. And then we're going to talk new Batman right after that. Do you like comic books and movies like The Avengers? How about TV or pop culture like Game of Thrones or Star Wars? and you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of the Secrets of the Sire podcast. Joined every week by my co-host Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin, we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. And you never know who will drop by to chat. To date, we've welcomed actors Kevin Bacon, Paul Reiser, True Blood's Christina Anapow, and Buffy's Nicholas Brendon to the show. We've been privileged to interview rockers Chris Cornell, Macy Gray, Billy Corgan, and more. And we've even had Jackie the Joke Man himself from Howard Stern in studio to share some laughs. So join us every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on youtubecom Sire for brand new episodes. Take a moment, subscribe to our channel, and be on the lookout for some major new announcements coming soon. For more info, log on to SecretsOfTheSire.com. <clears throat> Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talking comics, movies, TV, and pop culture. And every now and again, we get to do something really amazing and awesome and special and give back, or at least talk to folks who are giving back, which is a lot more than what we do. We just talk. Uh, I am joined by Jamie Torkowski. Uh, he is the founder of... To Write Love on Her Arms, it is a nonprofit organization that is there to benefit mental health and, as you can see, we are at the comic strip live in New York City for a benefit show that's going on tonight. Jamie, thank you so much for taking some time out before the big event to talk to us about your amazing organization.
2: Man, thank you for having me, thank you for being here. So
0: give our audience out there uh, an overview of... to write love in our arms and it's, it's what it's a mouthful.
2: About. I have good friends that forget the name, so it's all good. Uh, I just, I
0: butcher things every no, week, no, no, so no, it's don't it's worry. Okay. As, as a fan of the show, you're gonna realize, it, I'm just amazed I
2: got your name right. It's, oh, it's, it's really amazing. No, there's lots of letters. <laughs> uh, we got our start in 2006 mm-hmm. just as an attempt to help a friend back then who was struggling with the issues that show up in our mission statement today. Mm-hmm. So my friend Renee, who was a new friend at the time, was dealing with depression, addiction, mm-hmm. self-injury, had attempted suicide yeah. and I had the privilege of telling part of her story after she was denied entry into a treatment center in Orlando and posted that story online on mm-hmm. Myspace back in 2006 <laughs> oh boy! And, and heard very quickly from people in so many places who just shared that they could relate to her yeah. story, to her struggles, to the sadness, the confusion, uh, people asking for help, people who had lost loved ones, mm-hmm. people asking how to get involved, how to learn, how to do more. And so we've been inviting people into this conversation for the last 13 years, yeah. and we've been able to set up a nonprofit, and now it's not just me, there's a whole team of us. and, and
0: You've been at it for a while. I mean, 2006 is, is I mean, it's, it's scary to me. Uh, it's a long time. I mean, you've been yeah. doing this now for 13 years and growing, uh, you know, how did it...
2: How did it really pick up? Like, what was the what was the tipping point where you realized you had something that that reached so many people? I mean, we had such a surprising beginning in terms of uh, we had attention. We were selling T-shirts before there was even the thought of sure. starting a charity. So, mm-hmm. so I try to point out the the amount of privilege, just what a unique beginning we yeah. had. Uh, so then it took some time just to get caught up and to get organized and to put people you know, around me and, and thankfully we were able to, to do those things, to yeah. build a team, uh, but, but the, you mentioned the support of the music community, yeah. uh, the connection to music early on and, and even since that so many of these artists were, were quick to be generous with their platform at times literally, you know, to wear our shirts yeah. on stage and, and so that put us in front of people right away a, yeah. and then people found their way to the story, to the MySpace page, eventually to our website. And we've just been able to encourage people, connect people to resources, and also to give financially to treatment and counseling ever since then. Wow, that's tremendous.
0: Uh, talk to us about the show tonight. Um, you know, obviously this is airing after the show is going to take place, but uh, what a great thing. You have Joe Matrice uh, headlining this. He's a fantastic
2: comedian. How did you get involved with Comic Strip Live and how did you get uh, Joe involved? So this was not uh, my idea or our, our idea, we're, we're super honored that, uh, that we were asked to be a part of it, you yeah. know, so, so we know this is personal in terms of mental illness, uh, suicide specifically for Joe and for the other folks who are going to be on stage tonight, mm-hmm. that it's not just a hypothetical, it's not just an issue that exists, but for them, they know what it is to, to lose someone yeah. to suicide, uh, we find that's often true when there are benefit events or just people that care and want to get involved, that it is personal for them. And so, you know, we're super thankful and, and we were happy to make the trip up when, you know, Joe talked about wanting us to to benefit and, mm-hmm. and obviously knowing the history of this room and what a special venue this is. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing. I think for us as an organization, it's our first, first event of its kind in okay. terms of... Yeah. The realm of comedy and we've, we've seen so many surprising doors open and so tonight is kind of another one where it's not something we had on a five-year plan or, sure, or sure. it's not something we can take credit for it's just i think another reminder that people in so many places so many lines of work uh, young old in america outside of america people are touched by these issues and they want to speak up they want to use you know, whatever platform they have. And so tonight it's Joe and these other folks doing it and, and we're happy to be in the room. Your guys' mission statement is
0: almost like that of a connector, right? I mean, you guys are kind of the bridge connecting uh, people that might not be able to get treatment for mental illness uh, to people that can help them, right? I mean, how do you, how do you, I mean, that sounds like such an arduous task mm-hmm. and I actually think it's so amazing w- that you can do that. Um, give us an example of that. I would love to, I would love to know, you know, uh, something that's, that sticks out in your mind uh, as something memorable that your
2: organization has helped kind of done even if, even if it's the tiniest thing or the yeah. first person I'm sure you got we, a ton of stories. I mean I think just it's everything from social media someone stumbling upon a tweet mm-hmm. you know late at night it's someone picking up an info card uh, at the warp Tour mm-hmm. or at a music festival or a conference for mm-hmm. me sometimes it's speaking on a college campus and we hear all those different examples of how people are first introduced to the organization we also just hear the simple story of someone noticing the words on a t-shirt and asking someone hey what does that mean and then the coolest thing is just that it often leads to that person ending up on our website and whether it's reading the blogs whether it's learning more about the issues or maybe i think the thing that Gets us the most excited is when people end up in our find help section yeah and can enter their zip code and connect with local resources mm-hmm. within their community and it ends up you know leading to someone sitting with a counselor stepping mm-hmm. into treatment sending a text to crisis text line and, and finally inviting other people even professionals yeah. to enter into that pain yeah and, and you know i get to meet people who say they're still alive because of the work that we do and and so that has a way of keeping us going. Yeah. That that has to be very sobering and also gratifying at the same time. Yeah. You know, we, we experience both ends of the spectrum where there's memorial donations that come in when a family loses yeah. someone to an overdose or to suicide. But we also meet people who say they're getting help, their mm-hmm. life is better, their life is different, their mm-hmm. their life continues and both have a way of of reminding you what's at stake yeah so
0: uh, turning back to the venue that we're at the comic strip live
2: is it's a
0: famous uh, comedy club in New York City for anybody who is visiting New York City obviously take a stop here if you can take a show and it's it's an amazing uh, place to go uh, catch some great comedians laughter comedy uh, it's a natural antidote to the kind of stuff that you're dealing
2: with right yeah and I think you know I was thinking about, we've done a lot in the realm of music, and we often talk about the idea that music is allowed to be honest. Mm -hmm. That we can go to a concert and sing along to a lyric that feels true, that that might be difficult to say the same words over coffee. Mm -hmm. And I think the same is true in this environment where, you know, these men and women can get up on that stage and, and talk about pretty much anything and make us laugh and point out, you know, these truths. Uh, And I think the common thread we hope exists is where man if they can talk about this stuff in in the context of comedy If songwriters can do it with music What if we could talk about our pain and our feelings and our struggles in everyday life? Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that too and and I want to touch on the music angle of what you
0: what you guys do I was honored and fortunate um, Unfortunately also at the same time to have interviewed Chris Cornell Mm. uh, a few months before his passing Um, and you know a hero of mine, growing up in music, and uh, you know his lyrics were always kind of hinting at something darker. But you know, my co-host and I, uh, we always talk. We said, you know, we never figured it, it was him. I'm sure you run into that though a lot with the people you help, though. You, it's people that on the on the surface probably don't appear to have
2: these kind of, you know, il- that this kind of illness inside them, and until it comes out, right? Yeah, and I, I think that's true, no matter who your heroes are no, yeah. no matter what your interests you know whether you follow sports music uh entertainment you know comedy these are issues that affect people yeah and you could pretty much put a period there in 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 terms of whether you're successful or not whether you're visible or not you know in terms of like platform or influence we just see across the board this is part of being human this yeah. is, and and I think the the disarming refreshing Thing in that is the hope that we can all just not fake it, and we yeah. can just say, "Hey, man, if, if life is hard for Chris Cornell, for Robin Williams, yeah. f, for the list goes on, then then it's maybe okay to say that life is hard for my friends and for me as well." How, how does one uh, help? I mean, uh, how do you uh, besides reaching out to you? And I want to I want to make sure that
0: you get uh, your information about you know your site out there as well too. But before that, just on a just on a smaller level, how does one? Uh, you know, is there warning signs? Is there, is there something that we should be looking
2: for in our friends that, that maybe you've come across in your time doing this? Yeah, I think, I think even looking at depression, depression can affect so many aspects of life. And, and when we know someone, we have the best head start in having some idea when someone is off, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you know, you know someone's normal, yeah. you know how often you see them, how often you hear from them, you mm-hmm. know what their texts read like. And so if something changes I think we love to encourage people just to even if you don't know what to say to say something yeah and to keep showing up and to keep being compassionate I have a counselor friend who talks about the need of balancing honesty with compassion Mm -hmm. and so honesty is being willing to ask that hard question or to say that hard thing express that concern Mm -hmm. and then obviously compassion just means making sure they know that we love them Mm -hmm. and you can't you can't control Someone taking you up on your advice—you can't. You could can make the perfect speech, and it doesn't mean it breaks through. Yeah. But we can control continuing to show up and continuing to care, and then also knowing that we don't have to be the final solution. You know, if if you broke your arm, I couldn't fix it, but right. I could get you to the hospital where they know how to fix arms. Right. Right. That makes sense. Uh, so after tonight's event, what's the next uh, big event that people can find you at? So we're, we're coming up, up or coming upon our, our biggest time of the year, which for us is World Suicide Prevention Day, uh, which is September 10th every single year. Mm-hmm. And so for about a month leading up to that, it's our biggest campaign. And there's a fundraising element, uh, there's t-shirts that we sell, but I think more than that, we just love that it, it starts conversations yeah. and it gives people the chance to be vulnerable and, and also to just talk about why this matters, why this is personal to them. And, uh, and then at the end of September in Orlando, we do our annual event, which is a night of music, of storytelling, mm-hmm. uh, everyone leaves with a list of resources and that's a night called Heavy and Light. So September is, uh, is the biggest month of the year for us. So we're, we're kind of gearing up. And then short of that, we spend a lot of time on the road in the summer, a lot of music sure. festivals across the country. I'm always I, That's amazing. Uh, tell everyone out there um, how they can help, where they can go uh, to contribute to your great cause. So our website is the acronym for the organization. It's TWLOHA.com. Uh, you can find more information about how to get involved. You can find blogs, people sharing parts of their story. Uh, we would love to invite you there. I love to tell people it could be as small as buying a t-shirt. It could be as big as moving to Florida and joining our team and a whole bunch of ways in between. So, uh, so thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, great. When we come back... More
0: Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Again, I want to thank Jamie, Jamie. Uh tremendous interview. I want to thank comic strip live for housing us there to do the interview. Uh, if you want to go check out uh, uh, to write her, to write love on her arms. Uh, it's a moving story. It's a touching story. Jamie touches the lives of so many people in such a great way. Uh, you can go check them out on Facebook to write love on her arms. Uh, Twitter.com slash uh, T W L O H A. Instagram. It's Jamie Torkowski. T W O R K O W S K I. Uh, Go check it out. There's, again, just a really, really great great guy, really great cause. Please go ahead and check it out. And they will be doing, uh, as Jamie had mentioned in the interview, he'll be doing the big stuff coming in September. Uh, They'll be working with a lot of different bands and stuff. And last week was their comedy tour. So really, really awesome, awesome stuff. All right, we do this every week. We go spinning the racks.
1: Spin
0: the ride, spin the it's official. Robert Pattinson is the Batman. As reported by Deadline, the 33 year old English actor of Twilight fame. Ingerish. Ingerish? Ingerish actor. English. Okay, well, either way, this Englishman <laughs> beat out Dark Phoenix star Nicholas Holt. Uh, who was a heavy frontrunner for the role to become the next Batman in Matt Reeves' The Batman. Uh, it is going to be focusing on a younger Batman. That's why he won the role.
1: Apparently. <laughs> well. They're going to do I mean, Batman year one, I guess, or maybe, probably. Well, I mean, it's
0: funny. It's like a younger Batman, I guess younger than Ben Affleck, but that's why Ben Affleck is not in it. Uh, but meanwhile, like Robert Patton's is 33, so I don't know how young they're going to go. It's
1: younger than Ben Affleck, I guess.
0: Apparently, before we get into the reaction, of course, the work that it took to actually audition. So it was him and Nicholas Holt, and they had dueling audition tapes. So director Matt Reese, who picked Twilight Star over Nicholas Holt, is said to have screen tested both actors in a bat suit from a previous Caped Crusader film. Two weeks ago, a black jacket clad Robert Pattinson faced flashbulbs and reporters uh, when he was talking about The Lighthouse. When one guest approached him at the reception and said, I heard you were the new Batman, he offered only a, sm- a sly smile and stayed mum. In reality, Pattison was not the Caped stater just yet. Hours after his cons duty were over, he was on a plane to Los Angeles to face perhaps the biggest test of his acting career, putting on a bat suit for director Matt Reeves. So it came down to what they looked like in a suit, I guess. Right. I mean, that's basically what this article Not said.
1: No, but they said they filmed sequences with them, right? Yeah. They yeah. actually So I mean, I, I guess it came down to to how they how they I guess how they looked in the suit, but uh, I i more think it's probably how they were able to move around and act in the suit, you know, because that's going to be a big deal. That's going to be yeah. A big
0: deal. Reeves is said to have spent hours poring over the two actors' work and met with them in April. Uh, he has Pattinson obviously has far more name recognition. Mm-hmm.
1: But Nicholas oh. Holt was a was a superhero. He is he is a luminary in the superhero genre for for yeah. the last couple of uh, years. So, ever since X Men First Class, so he's okay. been around a while. According
0: that. to this article from Hollywood Reporter, Christian Bale, before landing Batman Begins, performed his test in the suit used by Val Kilmer. So apparently, this is a tradition oh, now man. of putting on the bat suit. How do they embody the character? How did their eyes look and act? Is there a specialist to them? Those are the questions. Reed, too bad they didn't the do that for Christian uh, Bale. Answers. They'd had to do it for <laughs> Christian Bale.
1: Yeah. Too bad they didn't. No, they did. He just looked terrible in that suit. Yeah. I hated that cowl. And Chris yeah. I've, I've never had anything good to say about those Batman movies. So.
0: What's your reaction to Robert Pattinson? I
1: don't know. Uh, here's the thing. I'm very upset it's not Ben Affleck because yeah. – Dude, whatever you want to say about his acting or whatever you want to say about those movies, that was one of my favorite Batman.
0: Tremendous, right? Yeah. And now, okay, DC... What was your reaction, though, when you heard Ben Affleck was going to be Batman?
1: I. It's the same way. I stopped reacting to stuff like that um, because Heath Ledger, I was one of the whole... I, would, I actually said when Heath Ledger got cast as a Joker... Yeah. ...for... I said he must be brilliant in it.
0: Yeah. You
1: know? Because yeah. that's such an unorthodox choice that there's only, the only reason you would make a choice like that it's not a political choice it's not a it, it's not going to get you a lot of popularity the only reason you would make a choice like that is if you looked at his his uh you know his auditions or he looked at what he was doing with the character and said this is brilliant i gotta have him in the movie what? and it turned out i was right he was absolutely he's the best thing as far as i'm concerned not a big fan of those movies. I I still think that's the best Joker we ever
0: got. What is it about so, the Bat franchises? Than, you're right. Than what than is the, it about the Bat franchises that when you make an unorthodox choice, it tends to work out versus what you would consider a safe choice? George Clooney, I would consider a safe choice. Val Kilmer, I would consider a safe choice.
1: Hmm. Michael Keaton wasn't a safe choice.
0: Exactly. Michael Keaton it wasn't, wasn't an obvious Ledger story. wasn't. I mean, there are so many instances where they've made these unorthodox yeah, choices.
1: Because because the unsafe choices are people that already had to prove themselves, yeah. which is why they're in the franchise.
0: Yeah,
1: the just the the George Clooney probably didn't have to prove himself. They looked, they took a look at him. Is like, this guy yeah. looks great? He'll yeah. make a great Bruce Wayne. He'll make a, he'll look great, and and then we'll model a Batman suit yeah. around him. Yeah. So, Look good because a lot of directors are like, "Yeah, it's just a suit, so we'll just we'll get a, a tailor in here. We'll you know we'll lock him down. We'll put yeah. some snazzy stuff on him, and he'll be he'll be as great as George Clooney yeah. is, but in a Batman suit, same yeah. as Val Kilmer. But everybody else had to fight for the role. You know, everybody yeah. else had to come along and prove it. It's like, yeah, Michael Keaton, you want to be Batman? Prove to me you could be
0: Batman.
1: <laughs> and if as far as I'm concerned, next to Affleck, they they really haven't had a no. Batman
0: like Michael Keaton. I agree, it hasn't. I mean, Affleck was so I mean he really was shockingly so good. as <laughs> Batman, and he looked yeah. in the suit too,
1: and he was terrifying.
0: You know, oh, he was like, I know, I know. <laughs>
1: you're looking at like if this guy just showed up in the room, and he was he's all beefed out. He's he's also do- doing the Dark Knight, the, the Frank Miller of Batman, yes. which everybody loves. Yes. If he showed up in a room and you were you were caught doing something, you know, um, right. illegal. Let's yeah. just say you'd be worried for yourself. Yeah. You know, you'd you'd feel that you were
0: screwed. I I I, I don't know. Christi- this is a good question for you. This is a good question for you. Good question. When all is said and done, who will have the better Bat career, Affleck or Pattinson?
1: the better bat career
0: the better like we will judge their work as batman the best
1: well i don't know i haven't seen patent since
0: i know that's what i'm asking this is this is you predicting i want i want your oh, fortune teller hat on didn't we just have this conversation about speculation <laughs> i know but it's, <laughs> it, just it's what fuels you? those youtube hits subscribe like us subscribe no but seriously
1: Stay away from us. I'm going to do reverse psychology. <laughs> Stay away from us. We don't want you. We Don't want you. Just
0: don't tell us. Don't subscribe. No, but who? All said and done, <laughs> Affleck, Pattinson. Who's going to be the better Batman? Who's going to give the better Batman the better bat performance when all is said and done? I guess. Uh,
1: you. I guess by law of averages, by the by the science that we were just talking about, it's going to have to be Pattinson because it is. It is the absolute unorthodox choice to make. It's not okay. something that's gonna excite your your right. your fan base, right? right? So it has to be it has to be a judgment on the merit of his performance and not uh not a gig that they gave that the studio said, yeah, we want uh, Patterson's really hot right now, so we want yeah. him to be your Batman.
0: Because he's not. He hasn't been seen. In that's quite the a funny while. thing, right? He has been taking a lot of unorthodox movie selections, movie roles, since... Wouldn't you? Like if you, oh, were, wouldn't you? No, I agree. I don't... I don't, if you, I don't and, agree and also,
1: that. if you could sustain yourself on it, you know, yeah. you'd stay away from the, the, the fan yeah. family. He did he did, uh, did Water... What was it? Uh, the Elephants movie. Yeah. The name of that movie. Oh, yeah. man. And I actually enjoyed that movie. I, I enjoyed it mostly because Christoph Waltz is in it, and I think he's probably one of the most brilliant actors I've ever seen. But he, he did a good job, and in everything I've seen him, and I've actually not... I'm not actually really that down on the Twilight movies. They are what they are. You right. know, They're entertainment for what they are. So I I I wouldn't count him out just because he was part of Twilight and that that he you know that yeah. he's, he's taken on a character that is of that's very much maligned in the, in our pop culture. Uh. So and he's he's obviously an actor. He started out in, in Harry Potter. He's got some bona fides. You know yeah. that, that is pretty. Pretty worthwhile, so let's see what he does. But I'm very disappointed that Affleck is gone. That's that's how I feel about. I'm I'm very disappointed. They're moving away from that. I wanted a Affleck movie. I know. I wanted you know. I I wanted wanted it. I got to see him twice, which is great. You know, it's more than I thought I was going to get. I got to see it even even. Oh yeah, I guess I guess you
0: could count Justice League. I didn't even think Justice League. Yeah. Well, last question though for you: Do we need another Bat? Okay. I'm going to say, do we oh, need, on. I'm going to get, do we want another Batman movie? Of course we do. We do. We'll, we'll find out. Batman's the most often portrayed character besides Spider-Man in the movie. Spider-Man had three, five, six, seven solo films. Batman has also had seven. This will be eight. And I'm counting far from home. So Batman will be the most often utilized character. I mean, weren't we just saying with the MCU one of the strengths is they don't keep giving you the same things. Like I'm even Spider-Man continues.
1: This is not going to be the same thing because I mean, you could judge all the Batman by who's played Batman. They haven't been, hasn't been any two Batman movies that have been the same, even when the same actor is playing them. Because if you look at Batman versus Batman Returns, two very different movies you know with two very different reactions to it
0: I, yeah uh, <laughs> i think that goes you know. without saying or I, if
1: you look at a dark knight next to dark knight rises you know it, it there there is a there is a marked difference in the in the in the in, in in the atmosphere of those movies let's not even talk about quality let's just talk about just the atmosphere and the tone of those movies there's a marked difference in it so it's, it's, it's really hard to duplicate the Batman thing. You could give us another Batman movie, but it is going to be different on a lot of fundamental levels in comparison to the other Batman movies that we've already
0: gotten. We can only hope. We can only hope. All right. Comment in the fields, uh, in the comment fields. If you're watching us on Twitch, if you're watching us on YouTube, if you're watching us on Facebook, hit us up at secretsofthesire.com, facebook.com slash the sire. want to give a shout out to all of our patrons as well, too. I just don't think I forgot you, which I almost did, but I didn't because here you are. You're here. Uh, Craig Caruso, Einar Peterson, Matt Byer, Ashley Haikai, Omar Morales, nice. program director, Stephanie Dolce, Uber fan, Christina Dolce. I want to again to thank our guest, Jamie Tworkowski. Next week, We are going to be doing our Dark Phoenix review. Goodbye to the Fox franchise. It is the last Fox franchise.
1: That you've already predicted will be a blockbuster, so Fox is just going to mess themselves up.
0: I think it's going to be really good. Because New Mutants has never seen the light of day, so I think this is it. (laughs) This is it. All right. We will see you next week.
1: Secrets of the Sun.